If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect how intentional have you been with surrounding yourself with rock stars, with badasses, with people that are encouraging to live your dream, people that have resources and have the ability to impact your life in a positive way? Or are you surrounded with some people that are struggling and maybe maybe are pulling you back and are creating doubt in your life? Or maybe a, a cast of characters in your life. Whoever you surround yourself, though, I think we can all agree, is going to have a ripple effect in your life. So the good news is that if you choose a group of people, a tribe of people that are high achieving, motivated, uh, happy, it's going to accelerate your success. I think we can all agree upon that. And that's the whole point of this show, is to introduce you to people who have broken through, defied the odds, made a difference in their life, and, and for you to be able to add them to, you know, having them as a mentor as part of your peer group. However, when you're ready to truly start the path to financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, then you can find out about this concept called the mastermind groups. And if you're a high achiever, then I have a mastermind group that's got some room for you. It's a community that's going to blow your mind and what it will bring to you and the impact it'll have on your life. I certainly know this because I've been doing this for eight years and there's nothing I've seen in the personal development field that's more impactful than the powerful curated mastermind group. So all you have to do is jump on a call with a team member, go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and have a conversation with one of my directors of opportunities going to explain to you what that community is all about. See if there's a fit on both sides and then watch your pathway to success become very accelerated. So go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Today, we have a young man who's really taken three letters and expanded them into a lot of things. BDB, BDB, billion dollar brotherhood, billion dollar babies, and a bunch of other things like billion dollar body. But he is in his late 20s, mid to late 20s. He's a father and a husband, and he is a very charismatic communicator. He has taken his mess and made it his message, and he is helping primarily men and, well, in the specific brotherhood, how to be better men when it comes to their business, their relationships, and their health. And I really resonate that with that because I started a mastermind group eight years ago for men that uh, personified that as well as adventure. So as you listen to this podcast, I've let this one go a little bit longer than usual because um, Nicholas Barely, who is my guest, was very articulate and very captivating. I'm going to suggest that you might want to listen to this podcast a couple of times because he dropped so many very powerful thoughts. And he's a big believer of taking action versus just gathering information. So I'm super psyched for you to listen to this particular episode. It's chocked full of tons of uh, epiphanies. And um, let's not take any more time. Let's get to my conversation with Nicholas Barely and the powerful message 
behind a man with a mission. Nicholas, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. My life was transformed for the positive my whole life. Everything I'm doing now in just one moment. I didn't have podcasts to listen to. I didn't have Facebook ads targeting me yet. So I appreciate you creating a space for the people that are listening to come expectant and have that transformation as well. But key for the people that are listening, let's make it to the very end because that's where transformation happens. That's very cool. So you preface that with one moment. Do you want to share with us that moment to kick it off? Well, first I have to have a negative moment because I believe everyone thinks that something really bad can happen in one moment that could really suck and, and derail you. And so that moment for me as a man, especially was growing up in my father's home with a split up home. My mom lived about 10 minutes away. My dad lived in a house. My stepmom moved in about two weeks later. I'm only four years old. So I have no clue what's going on. I feel uncomfortable. Do I call this lady mom? I start feeling uncomfortable with my dad. Cause like my mom's not there. My dad hates my mom. My mom hates my dad and I'm the person in the middle. And so what it came down to is my dad always wanted to be a motocross racer. And I feel that this last generation of maybe like a baby boomer generation, and maybe this doesn't fit some people listening, maybe it does, is they did the exact opposite. Or it's like, oh, my dad never bought me anything. So I'm going to buy my kids everything. My mom was never home. So I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And I'm not going to get a job because that's like really bad. And there was a lot of like, because they did this, now I'm going to do this over here. Over my dad drank, so I'm never going to take a sip of alcohol. And so this this huge pendulum swing that also has effects, cause and effect. And th I'm really big on this when it comes to politics as well. I'm like, can we at least look at what this is going to do over time? Because you're still jacking people up. You know, you tell your kid they're perfect, then they grow up thinking that they're perfect, and they think they can never do anything wrong. And so because of that, they never talk to anyone about their feelings, and they try to muster up this, and it still messes things up. So I get to this point where I'm like, how can I get my dad's approval? Everything in my life is about, is my dad watching? That's my constant thought in my head. That's what pushed me. I wanted to be a pro motocross racer, just like my dad wanted me, wanted himself to be, and then he wanted me to be. So one day I'm like, I know what's going to get his attention. I'm going to tell him I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. So I remember he walks down the hallway, through the kitchen, down three steps into the garage that's off the kitchen, in the back door of the garage outside, but right on the way down to the bottom of those stairs, I said, Dad, I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. I was so excited. And he looked at me and he's like, you'll never be the best. And I thought at the time that my dad didn't believe in me. But really, that was the straw that broke the camel's back of someone that was important to me confirming what I already believed because I was the one that didn't believe in me. But that one moment sent me off the deep end. I went from a 3.5 GPA in my freshman year of high school to a 1.8 GPA. I went to summer school every year just to graduate. I gained 60 pounds. I gave up on all dreams and visions. I didn't have any girlfriend all throughout high school until one day a kid brought a bag of fruit to school. I want this to be super simple for people listening. It wasn't Tony Robbins. It wasn't someone who gave me this amazing story of how they went from rags to riches, billionaire from zero. It was a kid that was at my school that did something different than the normal. They weren't conformed to the patterns of the world. And he opened up his bag, pulled out a bag of fruit in a Ziploc. And he said, I said, why are you, why are you eating that food? Like that didn't make any sense to me in high school. And he's like, I got a trainer, a boxing trainer to weigh in at the correct weight and perform at a high level. 
and boom, it clicked for me. Lost 60 pounds in six months, which is also my first business that I launched. I would have never met my wife. I would have never reconnected with my dad. I would have never taken an opportunity. I self-sabotaged everything because I was so insecure. And if it didn't come with me first valuing myself, I always say, why should anyone else value you if you don't value you? It's a really weird expectation to me. It's like, oh, I don't invest in myself, but I, I, I want everyone else to take care of me. Like, whoa, 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 like maybe we should start with us. And that's what I did. And that's what chance transformed my life forever for the positive. So let me break that down a little bit because I, I love how, how simplistic that is. The bag of fruit represented what? A way out, a solution and a plan. So I found just to actually put this into a framework, I found that I mostly work with people that they know what to do, but they don't do it. That's what I'm really great at. They know all the answers. These are like the, the health experts that are super overweight. I've met many of them and they know everything about olive oil and the different oils. They know everything about everything, but they just don't apply what they know. And so they're not seeing the fruits of the knowledge. They don't have the information plus application equals transformation equation. The other side is you have motivated people. I was always motivated. I was just putting myself into 10 hours a day of video games because I didn't know how to change my situation. You see Arnold Schwarzenegger covered his entire body and only exposed the worst parts. We live in a culture where everyone covers the worst parts and only exposes the perfect angles of themselves. Why? Because we think we can't change it. Arnold knew that if he focused on this weak point in his life, he could change his situation. I didn't. So I was the person that was motivated in life in general, yet I didn't know how or understand or have an epiphany about how I could change my situation. So when I saw this, that was scary. I wore a sweatshirt every day. I had been made fun of for being overweight and fat, man boobs, all these things. So for me to even say anything was putting myself out there. Right? People may listen to your podcast, but what if you were to do a live event or maybe a small mastermind style group? Now all of a sudden they have to show up. Now all their insecurities, people can point out things about them. And that's also how I got known from Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi and Russell. And now I get tagged and stuff all day from your mess is your message. Like until I was able to share my message and share who I was fully, I, I would never take opportunities because there was always something in the back of my, my mind that I still had to fix and become perfect at or become great at overcome before other people could find it out about me. So when I was overweight, my insecurities were right in front of everyone. If I said, oh, I don't have a food problem, homie, you're, you're overweight. Like you have, you have some type of problem. I don't know what this is. And I get that every once in a while there's health conditions, but I didn't have a health condition. Whereas other people, maybe it was drinking, pornography, something of that nature where they could hide it from everyone. No one knows. Well, mine was right there in front of people. So I actually got an opportunity to have a TV show on Disney Channel. And I sabotaged the entire thing because I was so afraid to be in front of that camera and for everyone in the world to be able to use something that I didn't, I didn't address myself, which was, why is that kid so fat? Why is he so fat? So it wasn't until I started sharing with people like, hey, I was fat and here's why. Hey, I struggle with this. I put all my dirty laundry out there for people to see. And then all of a sudden, all the ammunition that they had to use against me was gone. Mm -hmm. They couldn't use it because I already used it. Right. I'm, I'm the one who said it. And so that, that was the formula, whether you know what to do and you don't take action or if you are motivated like I was and just didn't have a plan. That to me was like, oh, that, if I just do that, it'll produce this result, done. 
that sounds great. I'll trust it. And I've noticed that over time, as you become more familiar, realize I use the word familiar, more familiar with the process that you're using, then all of a sudden we have no expectation. The first time I went to a live event, 20 years old, started my first business, one month prior to that live event. I didn't want to go. All my friends pushed me, get friends like that. They said, Nicholas, first you get educated, then you make money. You don't make money and then get educated. I was like, all right, fair enough, I guess. So I flew out. I was like, I, I haven't made any money in my business. How am I supposed to go to a live event? I go out there. There was one speaker, Jason O'Toole. I still remember his name. He gets on stage. and he says, Jason. Yeah, he goes, listen, guys, if you make a list of 50 people and you follow this process, you're going to do $12,500 in sales. And I was sitting there looking at everyone like, is everyone else here? And this was like me again. I was motivated, but he just gave me a little bit of a framework. Well, everyone else was like not even writing it down. They had been to these kinds of things before. They had heard dozens and dozens and dozens of speakers. This was a normal occurrence, right? It was the familiarity that bred the contempt. It was like all of a sudden I left that event and in 30 days I did 12500 and $46 in sales. I got honored in front of people at this next event, all these different things. And all the people that I saw before were still sitting out there not taking notes because all oh, they already know that stuff. They already know how that works. And that's one of the scariest things to me because information without application creates unbelief. Because every single time you learn, your subconscious mind knows that it doesn't change your situation. So for me, every single time I learn because of those moments, I've been so careful to steward learning and knowledge that I learn something, write it down and figure out how can I apply this right now to create some type of forward momentum in my life where I'm applying it and seeing some type of outcome and result. And I also have the ability to steward that for a group of people. That's why I focus more on, it's easy to work with people that are motivated. They don't know what to do. Here's the plan. Go do it. For people that already know the plan. They can talk all about funnels. They can talk about all about business. They can talk all about marriage. And then they go home and they're yelling at their wives. They're yelling at their husbands. They can talk all about it. They're not doing it. And that's where I steward expectation and create transformational environments where people can shift in those moments just like I did, but have those shifts of expectation, recommit to themselves, re-follow through with themselves. And a lot of this was learned through being mentored now for 10 years by my Navy SEAL mentor because I was the same way. I faked my work ethic. I only worked when people were looking. I didn't work when people weren't looking. Everyone thought, man, Nicholas is amazing. And then all of a sudden, I, I knew that I was not congruent on the other side. And he was a transformational mentor for me and, and continues to be. Wow, great stuff. So I'm imagining that was Vaisalus, the 90 day challenge, because I know yep. that environment and some of the guys that created it. Was, yeah, uh, and me and Brandon and Kalen, Kalen Poulin now, but Kalen Tool back then was a, a big top earner under 25. Brandon was right around my age, you know, 17, 18, not even old enough to actually promote the challenge, but we're doing it anyway. And they've gone on to build a, you know, 60 million plus dollar business right now. And they're 27 years old. So it's been, it's, I met some amazing people throughout that process. So you mentioned something about, you know, you spent a lot, a lot, big part of your life imagining that your dad was watching. Um, how is that parlayed today? Because I think a lot of young men or maybe even older men still have this desire to hear from their father that they're proud of them, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's a really great question. I actually just answered a question inside of one of our mastermind groups, not mine specifically, it's a mastermind that I invest in that's with Russell Brunson. It's an inner circle mastermind. Every person in there invests $50,000 a year. And someone had asked, hey, I, I, I'm getting a lot of disapproval from family. This is pretty normal for anyone doing something different. I'm very sad, like my family doesn't ever support my business. It makes me feel discouraged. And, and you kind of fill in the blanks. You understand what's going on. And I think everyone has to go through this. We have this hierarchy of needs. And, and one of them is just that, that feeling like you're talking about of, of approval and acceptance and, and all these things. And I remember when I was talking to this, this person inside of this mastermind group, I kind of broke it down that one, understanding that no one's going to see things the way that you see it, want what you want. Like I just had to make a decision that I'm not doing things for other people. I'm I even in practice at first, you know, like I just bought a house and we closed on Friday and my wife's like, oh, I want to share this. And my first thought now is like, I don't really care if anyone knows, you know, like I don't care if people know that I have a house. I don't want them to know where I live. I'm not going to share the the whatever it is, because there's only two ways to go about it. Either it makes you feel really good because you bought a really expensive house or it makes you feel bad because it wasn't expensive enough based on the people that are looking at it. Like to me, there's not a big outcome. And so generally what ends up happening, this is a deeper topic, which is cool. If you want your dad's approval, of course, if, you, if your dad's not around right now or you don't see him that often, you just focus on, man, like how can I start get doing things for why do I want to do them? Well, and stop doing it for the search of approval. But then there's other things where your family's still present and they disapprove actively for what you're doing. Realize that they're trying to manage expectations. They don't want you to fail because they've failed. Right? They, they're out there because they failed before. They're now projecting their own insecurities on you. They don't understand it. right? If they've worked their whole life and then they see you take a route that was business, they tried that once and it failed. So again, going back to managing expectations, when I was 60 pounds overweight and I wanted to lose weight at first, when it was just kind of BS surface level stuff, it was, oh, go after it. Good job, Nicholas. As long as it was a fad like everyone else and we get went back to regular life. But as soon as I stopped eating food out with people, as soon as I stopped eating the desserts that were made, as soon as I stopped eating dinner every once in a while with the family because it didn't really fit in with what my goal was. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, what's up with you always doing these things? Why are you always like this? You're so strict. Why can't you live it up a little bit? Because I was breaking through the norm. This was crabs in a bucket. You don't have to put a lid on a bucket of crabs. They pull each other back down into the bucket. They constantly are pulling people down. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it started until I got a vision for myself and where I wanted to go and why I was going there. What do you want? Why do you want it? How do you get there until I got a vision for the two? What do I want? Why do I want it? That was clear for myself and not for the approval of my family. I would have never gotten through that season because I got through it. Then all of a sudden it started inspiring. My family's lost hundreds of pounds. I wanted to go to church when I was 18. It was great when it was simple and I just wanted to be a good kid. All of a sudden I wanted to travel to 13 different countries and go serve the poor. It became a problem. I became a bug in their ear because I was living a lifestyle with a standard that was up here, not a standard that was down here. When I wanted to get married, it sounded great when I got a girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, when I wanted to get married at 20, my wife was 18. I had no job. It became, are you sure you want to do this? This is a really big commitment. Shouldn't you get a job first? When I got married and I wanted to start a business, my family, my dad chewed me out in public in front of my family members and my, my wife right before we got married. Why won't you get a freaking job? 
you need to provide. This is the way that you need to do things. And at this point, I had been too far detached from wanting the approval of my father and all these things. Yet the one time that it came up again, and now I'm able to consult and help build my family's companies. I ran my dad's company for two and a half years. Families lost hundreds of pounds. My now family looks at our marriage and goes, that's so amazing what you guys have, right? Because now it's on the other side, right? You, people want people to support blindly when all they've ever had is negative. People can relate more with bad things than they can with good things. If I say, hey, guys, I made a million dollars. Hey, our business did 300K this month. No, that doesn't. But if I say, hey, during COVID, I had to close down an event. It probably cost me like 400 grand. They're like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, it sucks. You know, like that's, oh, Nick, like I feel so bad, you know, and and then all of a sudden we know that that triggers a reaction of getting acceptance. So then we just start creating problems. I don't want to go down yes. that yeah, yeah. So The one last time that it happened to me, I failed my first business with Vaisalus. Vaisalus failed as well. And I didn't know how to start my own business personally. Do it all on my own. Vaisalus for context network marketing company. So I'm trying to start my own business. Can't make it. I'm in debt. I start carpet cleaning for my dad. And I remember just talking big game. I'd go to some networking events. I'd go to some business events and I would tell them, yeah, I'm growing a carpet cleaning company. Sure. I'm making 1400 bucks a month working for my dad. <laughs> and what I'm planning on doing is consulting 10 carpet cleanings locally, carpet cleaning companies, raising them to a million. And then when the economy turns, I'm going to buy them all up and have the biggest carpet cleaning company in all of San Diego. Sounds awesome. Luckily, I had a mentor. My mentor was the Navy SEAL. He came back from the deployment. He also is a multi-million dollar net worth and phenomenal business person. And I said, I told him the same thing. I was so excited to tell him because I wanted his approval. Just like my dad, he'd become like a father figure to me. And he looks at me and he says, you haven't changed since I left. That sounds good, but you haven't changed. You need to quit this. And I was like, what about my dad? Like I need to take care of, no, you don't. It's not your responsibility. And I just remember leaving there and because I had grown and because he had built a relationship with me, I left there and I said, I'm never going to allow anyone ever again to tell me that, that I haven't grown. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I went out there and rapidly grew. I had him look at every single talk, every Facebook live, every video, every speaking engagement for two years. He made me sit there. He was taught by Bill Clinton's speaking coach. So that's why I kind of trusted. He knew the info, not the best speaker at the time, but he knew what I didn't have any option. So he'd make me sit down and he'd make me watch it with him. And he'd stop it every 30 seconds and point out every single thing that I did stupid or wrong for two years. Got my first compliment two years later. Didn't even think I was going to be successful. He said, if there's any way you're going to be successful, it's going to be because of your wife, because she's driven, she's smart, she's talented. She's like, I don't know about you though, or that's what he said. So just realize that that's very different. I got broken from the first time my dad said that. I had grown personally since then, and I was hungry to continue to grow. And that mentor was there at the right time to call out my BS, because we can all put on a facade. And you know, since then, uh, I would say about two years later from that moment, we did our first 500K three years after that moment. We did our first million dollars in sales. And I was legitimately living in a 400 square foot apartment making 1400. I made 19 grand and 21 grand talking big game. Tell that mentor called me out. I started making the investments. I started growing personally. I started taking responsibility and everything changed. That's awesome. Well, you've obviously become very articulate and very capable of expressing some of the personal development principles for people. 
Tell me a little bit about your billion dollar baby mission. Yeah, yeah. I uh, appreciate that. So, uh, and we, what's crazy about that is I have lots of BDBs. So I have billion dollar body. I got billion dollar brotherhood. I got billion dollar babes that no one really knows about. I got billion dollar babies. Everything's underneath BDB. So when you mess around with billion dollar baby, which, which part of BDB do you want to go through? Whichever one you're excited about. I mean, take us where you want to go. Yeah. So I became a father for people who don't know seven months ago and people bought the domain for us, billion dollar baby. Um, and really what I focus on now is that when I lost 60 pounds for one listening, I turned my mess into my message. I started telling people why I became overweight. I started telling people that I was overweight and sharing that story. I was scared. I thought, what's the point of this? How's it going to help? Don't I just need to be perfect and be successful rather than showing people my faults? I thought that problems were just problems. I didn't know that finding the solution would allow me to find the solution for millions of others that are also looking for it. And I didn't know that sharing my own story would give me personal freedom because again, no one had ammunition. So I wasn't afraid to take opportunities because I wasn't afraid of anyone's expectations or ridicules on me. So when I lost the 60 pounds, I finally went out there. I got my first speaking engagement, 40 people. I went out there and finally told the story of why I was overweight. And when I told this story, I started crying. I thought I flopped the whole talk. I had tons of people come up to me afterwards and we did $22,000 in sales out of 40 people. And I was like, and they still talk about this moment to this day, five years later at this event, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. And I just remember that being so transformational for me. And over those couple of years, I worked with 600 guys one-on-one -on -one from uh, $1,500 capacity all the way to 12,500. And we had built a business off this, but I caught myself coaching. I caught myself not able to grow the business and I caught myself realizing that I wasn't serving men at the capacity that I wanted to. So I was only working with men because that's who I knew how to talk to. I knew what it was like to be overweight as a man. I didn't know what it was like to be a woman. And I remember sitting there just being like, man, I do not feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do. I had this five-year vision to create the brotherhood, which was all around health, wealth, and relationships, which after coaching 600 men, I realized that this was the three core areas men could not outsource. Like you couldn't get away from it. No one's going to eat for you. No one's going to drink for you. No one's going to sleep with your wife for you. No one's going to build the mission and vision your company and provide for you. So if no one's going to do it for you, you can get consulting and help and direction, but no one's going to actually put the spoon in your mouth. It's like, we should probably get pretty decent at this. Like as men, we get taught, oh, don't worry about the things that you're not good at. I'll just focus on one thing. You know, you need to do these things. And I'm like, I get that, but there's certain things that are going to catch up on you. You don't brush your teeth for a couple of weeks. People are going to notice. Like, you know what I mean? And so I went through this process and I said, you know what? I'm done with it. I launched the brotherhood, which is what we do now, uh, which people could check it out at the billion dollar body.com slash brotherhood. And I threw a live event, had our guys come together that were current clients. And at the time uh, we have way more things now, but I had a $10,000 offer. I was like, we'll see how this goes. Like I just built this based on all my phone calls with all the guys, but this is brotherhood. This is not body. This is all about health, wealth, and relationships, masterminding, collaborating together, helping each other grow. Everyone owns a business in our community. And within two days, all 25 spots for 10K sold out. And I was like, wow. Like I thought if I get one, I'm going to make everyone feel bad for not joining. Mm -hmm. This is four years ago. I'm going to make everyone feel bad for not joining because I'm going to make that, number, that one person, I'm going to make them so successful. I'm going to do everything I can. If I get 10, I'll be happy. If I get 25, I said I would poop myself. 
luckily they didn't hold me to this and didn't make me actually poop myself. Um, my team didn't. And so since then, we've been on a mission to redefine what it means to be a businessman, to change the dictionary definition. You can't be a businessman without prospering in health, wealth, and relationships. And our goal is to take the model that we're doing with our guys, so they have to be successful for this to work, to take the model of a three-dimensional businessman and showcase it to consult every major world leader. So our goal is to consult world leaders and have them as our clients to show them how they should run their country. So this is the, the movement and this is the, the way that we serve people right now is to help these men have, of course, build businesses because they all have the capacity to do so. But also in that same way, not have sacrifice in the home. Russell Brunson once told me there's no such thing as, as success with sacrifice in the home. And it hit me really hard. One of my mentors as well. Notice I, I invest in mentors that have the life that I want. Not all of them are perfect, yet they're representing things that I want just outside of business as well. Another one was Cole Hatter. He's really big on build your business around your life, not your life around your business. That's why I'm able to have my seven-month-old right over here. And many times I bring him in on interviews and stuff, and, sure. and he's messing around because I'm like, if you don't like it, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me because I built the business around my life, not my life around my business. And so I've taken those things to heart and we help implement them in, in these guys' lives. I think it's awesome. And I think it's, it's very much needed. Tell me a little bit about those three because I agree with you. Those are the big three. Um, what are the ones that most men struggle with? And how do you elevate, you know, each one is going to ripple, have a ripple effect on the other ones. So how do you kind totally. of boost them all up together as one lags and you give it attention and it affects the other one. Yeah, it is helpful that we have an assessment and our assessment goes through all three areas of health, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, business. We have vision. We have making money. We have uh, making sure that you're budgeting correctly, making sure that you're investing money in a way that it actually grows current money without active type of uh, work. We have relationship, which is significant other family, people that are like family, friends, and network. And so inside of those, those all have a different rank and they all have a different priority. And I would say that's the biggest thing. There's a book called Boundaries out there that's really, really good. And I've only read a small portion of it. So I haven't even read the whole thing because again, I learned so much, I implemented it and now I'm going to move on to keeping on reading. I don't read unless I'm applying. And so one, a couple things are boundaries are what get you to places quicker. You know, roads are boundaries. You can't go off the road if you want to be on the road. There's lines on the road where you can't go to the other side of the road, but the road and the freeway gets us places faster than if we had no boundaries at all. They found that kids on playgrounds, if there is no fence, they'll all stick within a few feet of the actual like jungle gym. But if there's a fence lining the entire park, they'll feel comfortable going all the way to the edge of the fence because they know where they're allowed to go. And so many times we don't have that inside of our lives. We, we think, okay, I need to make sure that I take my wife out on a date today. And I need to make sure that, oh, I need to get this client work done. I can't work out today. And so what we do is we strip the whole calendar. We go through health first, focus on, of course, what areas do they need most help in? I have Olympic athletes and pro athletes and stuff like that in the group. I'm like, you guys got this stuff kind of down. But that doesn't mean that we change the calendar. We still plug in health in the calendar first. Because it's the most important. You can't show up to your, for your family. can't show up in your business without first taking care of this. I've seen athletes get out of shape real quick when they start thinking, oh, I got this all handled. Like that's like, I, I have a great marriage. I got this all handled. I don't need to write it down as a priority anymore. I don't need to put it in my calendar. 
not going to happen. Next is relationship. Now, relationship significant other we place above business. That doesn't mean that family and everything else is. And what I mean by that is when push comes to shove, what do we actually do based on the season that we're in right now? And until we define the boundary and define what we want to do, it's really difficult to say to say no to things. There's a quote that says, it's really hard to say no when you don't know what you've said yes to. So we say yes. All right, man, I'm going to plug in my relationship with my wife. I'm going to plug in relationship with my family. But some of my friends right now, they're going to come after I plug in the work that I'm doing right now because that's a main priority for me. And then we plug in that work. Where are we investing inside of the wealth category? And so those are the main things. I would say that the the number one thing that our guys want 66% is to grow the business. And I want people to know that if you grow a business more system like systematically and you're making more money in less time, it does allow you to do the other things. Yet what happens is that when that's the only goal, we never get there. And we end up thinking, if I could just build the business systematically, then I'll work out. It's like, no, you can you can drop down and give me a workout for 10 minutes and then you get back to work rather than scrolling Facebook on the, on the toilet. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So we do set up some uh, things around that to make sure that they have it. But there's always a core focus on all three of those. And every single month, they take an assessment that pops out where are they struggling inside of these categories so they can focus not on a full category, but a small piece of it. And that may pop out and say, hey, every single day for the next 30 days, I want you to reach out to your family members every single day, text message and call. It could be something where it's inside the wealth category and it's following up. So it's very situational, um, but health is always a big one. Relationships are always a big one and wealth is always a big one. I know it sounds for kind sure. of funny, but uh, I've, it's very difficult for me to find someone that's doing everything right because things can change so quickly. Like being married, I'm like, I don't know. I could go out with, on a date now with my wife and then there could be a whole statewide lockdown again that makes her feel uneasy and uncomfortable. And if I don't address that and if I don't, connect and show support well then i'm gonna have a big problem pretty pretty freaking quick on three dimensions yeah well said beautiful um how tell us a little is that a mastermind environment to you now with COVID? do you get together just stay that virtual world do you do a blend yeah we do a blend so my my goals i also have the billion dollar brotherhood facebook group which if they just say that they met on the podcast Billion Dollar Brotherhood Facebook group. There's over 5,000 other guys that all own businesses. We delete 300 people for the 120 we accept. So that's, we're very particular. We want to make sure that everyone's super high value inside the community. I also have the podcast, PDB podcast, that I'm always giving out free stuff. So I'm always consistently like every day. Inside that group, you find all my posts are not found on anywhere else on social media. I don't allow it. I don't even allow other people to take posts anywhere else on social media. But then from there, we do our virtual mastermind. That's the BDB club. BDB club is meeting every single month together as a group and also breaking out into, into groups of five. Those groups of five is their accountability group. It's their win group. It's where they can share. They can help support each other. And we have a custom built membership vault for that as well, where I bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of speakers every year that I take from the budget of the people that have invested in the program. So I'm able to bring in these amazing people like Russell Brunson or like Adrian Morrison or the author, no more Mr. Nice Guy, Robert Glover. He attends our events and also he's speaking at our event this year. And so we do that. And then we also have our in-person mastermind where we meet three times a year. We're actually meeting during COVID. Everyone's been quarantined. Everyone feels comfortable. If they have a problem with it, it's totally fine as well. We'll make sure that they get it. Uh, but we meet every single month as well virtually. 
And it just depends on the size of the business, where they're looking to go. And we make sure that people get connected to something that gives them an ROI, which I get that when you go into a restaurant, you don't always go, you know what? I really hope that I can make more money in this restaurant than what I spend on the food. That's not the only ROI. It might be experience. It might be the connections, the brotherhood. Some people come for the brotherhood. Some people come because they want to feel like they're a part, being a part of something, moving the mission forward of redefining what it means to be a businessman. Other people just want to be honored in front of people for all the progress they're making. And a, a lot of them want to make money inside of the business. And our goal is always to make sure that the size of the business makes sense for the investment so that they can have infinite returns, which for us is, let's say someone were to invest in a $50,000 program. Well, then my goal would be that they would get an investment above and beyond what their current work would do, where they make back more than $50,000, which isn't guaranteed, can't guarantee it, it's against the law, but uh, no matter what, so that they can then feel like, wow, this whole program, I get to enjoy it because I'm in infinite returns. Every dollar I make is just net positive because I've already got my money back from what I initially invested all the way down to the $400 program. I'm like, how can we make sure that they feel like this is no longer something they paid for or as an expense, but they look at it as an investment where they go, man, I, I did that. And then this happened. And now I have like 11 months to just enjoy. And that's always our goal. That's pretty good if you can do it in 30 days. So one of the biggest things I've noticed is that you talk about those people that, you know, they don't know what to do, but there's that group of people that know what to do, but they're not doing what they know. And often they may look at somebody like yourself, you're very articulate, you've transformed your life, you've got a beautiful family, and the little voice inside of them is like, well, you know, I can't be Nicholas. He's got his shit together. Um, so easy for him, or maybe not even easy, but he could do it. I'm not enough. How do you help the men in your group overcome that inner narrative? Well, the first one is I, I let them know that, do you remember the guy who quit is what I asked them. You remember that guy who quit? And they're all like, what? And I'm like, yeah, me neither. The first start of part of success is 50% of it is just showing up. So I asked them first to stop trying to create results that are outcomes. I want to make this much money. I want to lose this much weight. I want to get this many dates. These are all outcomes. And these are great things to have as a goal, right? Oh, I want to make this much money. Those, that's a great goal. Yet what I've found is to be most successful with these guys is to not put that pressure on them. And uh, I like to have two different sides apparently, but there's two different types of guys. There's guys that are optimistic and not very hard on themselves. They're always thinking, oh, it's okay, it's okay. They're always very nice to everyone, and that's great. Guess who I'm hardest on? Them, by far. I rip them apart, rip them, and they need it. That, that's mostly what I'm good at. That's more of my personality. There's the other side of people that are really hard on themselves, so I encourage them because I, they don't need me to beat them up. They already beat themselves up. They need everyone to shift their perspective. And so inside of that, when you have a goal – and you come and work with us and you become vulnerable, meaning you just share the things that you want growth in, man, you know, I'm not hitting the gym the way that I want to. Or maybe you're the guy that's optimistic and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can't wait to be fit. Like, I'm, I'm really excited for this thing. So either way that you're on, we set up the, the goal. We then create a plan with experts and people that have actually done it. And that way that you could just focus on the plan for the day. You're not focused on the outcome. So when you get on, on camera, you're going, okay, my outcome isn't views. My outcome isn't money. 
that's great. Like I know that's a goal, but I know that's all going to come from doing the activities because the activities are what's going to produce the results. And if the results aren't produced, all we have to do is go back through the activities and figure out why did this not happen? I learned this a lot with health. If you didn't lose the weight, all I have to do is go through what did you do? No one goes into the gym and goes, lose 60 pounds. I need to lose 60 pounds. Oh. No, they go, I want to lose 60 pounds. They get a plan either from themselves, what they think they need to do, which is anxiety filled by the way, because they don't actually know if it's going to get them there. So uh, I, I feel so uncomfortable with that. Or they get someone who knows how to get there, write a plan that's an expert. And then they go to the gym and they go, what's, what's on for Monday today? Oh, chest, back, some car. Oh, okay, great. I'm going to do this workout. And they follow the workout. And then all of a sudden, whether they are expecting or whether they're excited, they end up, oh, I'm, I'm two, two weeks, I'm losing weight. This is amazing. Same thing inside a business. We focus on actions, not outcomes. And that way it's all controllable results. So if I were to get on this podcast and I was like, man, I, I need it. I really want to sell 500 grand from this podcast. Like I need to sell this, blah, 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 blah. And, or 50 grand or five grand or whatever that number is. Or I need to be the best interviewer that this person's ever had. Well, that's a very funny goal because it's very easy to miss. It's very easy to get discouraged. But if I come on here, which would I have my guys do, go, I'm going to practice telling that story. I'm going to try to continue to flow if I lose my train of thought. I'm going to work on my tonality so that I can – and these are things that are controllable that when they leave the podcast, not outcome-oriented, they've now put in the work. And putting in the work and getting better on the podcast is what's going to get more views, more people. So focusing on actions, not just outcomes. Create outcomes so that you know what actions to do. And then we just focus on the simple steps. I'm like, can you be successful for a day? Can you wake up, hydrate, plan a workout, put your work in, do the reps? Could you do it for a day? If the answer is yes, then I'm like, great, then you can do it. Because like, all we have to do is do it over and over again. I couldn't speak on camera. I was allergic. Literally, we'd set up the studio. I had pictures of it. I'd start talking and I like get shortness of breath and I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk because I, I would, couldn't talk over my breath that I was breathing. I was like so distracted by it. It took me eight hours to film my first five minute video. It's very easy to look at that and be like, man, I could never do this. My first speaking engagement, I had people write notes to me and say, hey, this is what you could do better. I've never heard anyone ever do a speaking engagement before and have someone write on notes and hand it to them what they could do better next time. I used to pace. I never economized, meaning I used too many words. I always would ye yell at people because I come that way. I'd be like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I would just tr trigger and offend people. And it wasn't very effective. Yet I knew it was changeable. Right? Arnold Schwarzenegger knew it was changeable. He knew that, man, I have really terrible caps, which is like, wow, worst problem in the world. <laughs> but you know, he, he knew he had terrible calves. He wasn't afraid to expose it, and he wasn't afraid to work on it. Mm -hmm. And he didn't just use an excuse of, oh, I could just cover my calves or all oh, my genetics. I'm not really great at that. You don't know what you're great at until you do it. I thought I was good at technology. So I tried technology, and I tried speaking, and I tried communicating, and I tried selling, and I sucked at all of them because it was my first time doing it. And then as I kept doing it, I noticed – Wow, I'm start. I realized I have a capacity to become great at this. Now I'm going to kind of go more this way because I have the capacity to grow here. Whereas here, I just naturally just am not really progressing in this area. So I'm going to continue to work on the things that 
I can grow in while still doing the things when the business was small that I need to do to run it. I need to send the email. I need to build the landing page until I can invest to hire it out. But as soon as I can, I'm leaving that so that I can work on the speaking. I can work on what I'm great at. Might be the opposite for you. Maybe you need a speaker. Maybe you need a salesperson. But until you get there, you got to pull the trigger. You got to do it. How old are you, Nicholas? I'm 28 years old now, which is weird. I almost said 27. My wife's uh, almost 27 as well. So my wife's 27. My son's seven months and I'm 28. Well, you got an exciting future. You're a bright young man. It's really nice to see you articulate so many great things. And the fact that you're leading other young men or men. Um, yeah, I mean, really- we all ages too. Realize yeah. that I'm, I'm, I facilitate. So I can talk about things I'm great at. Sales, right. business, weight loss. But I bring in Robert Glover, Russell Brunson, Peng right. Junes, like the whoever is the best. That's who I bring in. That's awesome. That's great. So let's finish up today's session with um, a book or two or a quote or two to encapsulate uh, the incredible amount of learning you've absorbed in the last kind of probably, I'm guessing, six or seven years that's uh, enabled you to be a great um, leader and influencer. That's a really great question. So the one that really addresses, and when people say, what's your favorite quote? I don't know why this really comes up because I don't think about it so much anymore. Yet it's always this quote, which is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And it comes down to the expectation that we talked about with people that are listening. Oh, they can do it. I'm like, well, do you think you could do it? Nah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because with that attitude, you're never going to do it. And if you think you can... I've seen many, many people, sports, athletics, not as gifted, work harder, right? Because hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's probably a really good quote as well. Thinking Girl Rich was a great book for me when I was not, I was a giver. I didn't like to focus on making money. And because of that, I was giving, 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 expecting people to make a logical decision to somehow pay me for something that was undefined. And so when I created my, when I read that book, I went from $21,000, I did 101,000, I think that, that next year, which isn't, you know, that life-changing yet it was life-changing for me. And it was a great stepping stone and all of Russell Brunson's books for business side have been super transformational. He has a, I'll call it one book because it's a triple box set that you can buy now. And that's traffic secrets, expert secrets and com secrets. Not only does it help being a leader, I think every a church leader could read this. A executive leader could read this. Someone who works entrepreneur in a company could read this. And they're so enlightening and simple. And it's almost scary because they're so simple that you could think you actually know it, but you don't. Because you read it again six months later and you realize you never knew anything the first time that you read them. So it's really good. And for me, the Bible's always been a huge source for me. It's stories and teachings of some of the richest people on the planet ever to live. Uh, consulting major world leaders was something that I was inspired to do through the Bible. One of the largest consulting gigs was about $250 million for one consulting gig. Um, if you break down all the currencies that they had back in the day. And that's been a huge inspiration to me from reading the stories to how life was lived to how, I mean, for influencing, how did Jesus change from AD to uh, BC to AD and, 
and make that big of an impact in the world and still have people that follow him when he doesn't have Instagram, Facebook, or any of that <laughs> to this day from that long ago when he was only in ministry for three years, shared his message for three years. I've been sharing my message for more than three years. I'll tell you that. He's always like, you'll do greater works than me. I'm like, when? <laughs> because uh, this is, I'm not really doing greater works right now. Um, besides maybe getting married. Cause you know, he says he married the church, but I, I married my beautiful wife. So that those are the big ones for me. And the Bible maybe takes some people to help. Like, what does this mean? Um, so I generally like to know Hebrew and Greek and generally am going through the words of like, all right, this sentence or this entire chapter, this is amazing. Now I'm going to go through Greek or Hebrew, depending on what you're reading and really figure out what does this mean? Because if this is a principle I could live my life by, I want to make sure I got it right. Right. Like if you give, you get it back. Right. My wife and I, we tithe, like we give away 10% of everything that we make. And why? Because I'm like, I believe that's a spiritual law and no matter what, I'll get something better in return. And so we just do it based on the activity of just following a command because I trust the entire book. So uh, those are the definitely some big ones for me. Like I said, I'm big on take taking action. So if you read a chapter, do it. I'm not very big on, on the opposite. And any, any place, I once also learned last thing from Than Merrill. He runs a $600 million company here in San Diego. And he says, if you ever want to be an expert in any industry or any topic, buy five of the top books on that topic. Don't read more than five because once you do that, you're just reading the same thing over and over again. Read the five books on that topic and then extract all the info that you have. Write it out and that right there will make you an expert on that topic specifically. So whether it's hiring or health or something like that, you want to capture about five books. Now, dude, if you catch me reading five books on one, one topic, that'd be pretty freaking amazing. I'm more of a go to the source type person. I go and hire the person. This is why I've interviewed 300 plus multimillionaires because I'm like, I need to go to the source. I need to figure out, tell me about this. That's where I best learn is through activity and through also visually well, I'm going to suggest to the listeners that you go back and you listen to this a couple of times because there are so many nuggets that Nicholas has dropped and gems just layered one in over the other. And I am a big fan of what you're saying. Repetition, reading a chapter, applying it is much more valuable than accumulating knowledge and sitting on it. It just fogs the mind anyway. So it's not the idea, it's the implementation. And uh, Nicholas totally. barely has really personified that today. And I truly thank you for showing up the way you do and being a force for good on this planet. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.